Welcome, welcome back, everyone. This is After the Snow, the podcast. I'm your co-host, Dave Mays, alongside me every week, my man, Freeway Ricky Ross. Now, what up, y'all? What up, Dave? What up, Rick? Man, glad to see you again. Yeah, man. I'm I'm miss you when really, I was in Chicago, man. I was only there for I, one day though, so I know. I'm really, really upset that I didn't get to come hang out with you at your event, which looked like, you know, a really, really amazing thing that you're doing. Um I did get to meet the person you've been working with on that, uh, over FaceTime at least. Bo but money. Really, Bo money. Yes. Bonita Money. (laughs) Hey, last name, Money. You know, I had to like her. Oh, yeah, that's her real last name? (laughs) That's her real last name. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, her dad was Benjamin Benjamin Franklin Money. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really wanted to come down there and get to see you and to, you know, kind of be a part of what you were doing. But I forgot until the last minute that Tuesday when you were here is my was my anniversary with my lady Brett, who we all know and love as our sometime co-host. And miss. And miss. Yes, we and do. And we miss her. We do. <laughs> always. Always. But now, now as of Tuesday, she's gonna be with me wherever I go. This is her first and middle name now on my arm. Dope, dope, dope. these six years and and more more to come. Dope. So uh, yeah, that was a big that was a big day for me. So uh, I, I'm sorry that I couldn't be there, but this was really important to to take care of. For sure, for sure. Well, we had a good time, man. I mean, I've been had I've been had a exciting weekend. You know, I'm, you know, my life is exciting all the time, man. I went uh I went to Zab Zuda's uh, uh celebrity boxing match it was mm-hmm. was crazy, you know. Uh, to get to kick it shout with Jab and, and Didi and uh, Dave. Uh, shout out to Jab, man. They, they had a guy from my neighborhood, right? So I walk in. As soon as I walk in the door, my whole neighborhood is there, right? Like, you oh. know, all the, all the, some probably still cripping, you know, old Crips and, and the Hoovers, you know, they was deep up in there, right? And I'm like, what, what's going on, man? How y'all getting here? Right. <laughs> right. right. So they had one of the homies fighting, you know, so, uh, uh, he got into it with some some dude at the uh, at the way in, and and then they put their fight together. Man, the guy was about six seven, and uh, the homie was a little shorter. Uh, but they had they had a real good fight, man. And, and the crowd wasn't, didn't want him to quit. Did your guy he, win or what? No, nah, he lost, man. Oh man, the big guy, the big guy won. He he needs some training, man. I got I got to get him in the gym, get him some training, so they can do the uh-huh. rematch. I see. Yeah, as I was saying that he had he was having a great turnout for this uh, new celebrity boxing thing he's been doing, and that he's bringing like a lot of different kind of gangs together in the crowd, and but everybody's getting along, which which is cool. Oh yeah, because it was Grape Streets there and Hoover's. Uh, uh, I mean, they they showed me so much love, man. It, it was crazy. I, but you know, it's it's always like that. And it seems like everywhere I go now, man, they just they just give me so much love. Um it's just wonderful. Yeah. Then I left there and went to Virginia, uh, shot a video down there with a guy named Teak. I think that's that's how you pronounce his name. You know, I mess everybody's name up, so 
uh, don't be mad at me if I don't get it right. <laughs> <laughs> They'll forgive you. And then went there, went to D.C. Uh, we turned up at a couple parties down there, you know, had a good time. And, uh, you know, just just exciting, you know, just exciting times. And then left D.C. and came to Chicago, man, where we did the expungement clinic. Uh, we had some we had some 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 heavy hitters out there, man. We had uh, Shorty Bible was there. Uh, Gangsta Boo was there. Uh, Swack was there. Uh Groove. I mean, you know, we had some some Chicago heavy, heavy hitters out there, man. It was, you know, unbelievable. And uh, uh, Bible spoke, you know, uh, me and Bible, we we were in a uh, 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 USP Lompoc together when when he left uh, ADX. They brought him to Lompoc and, you know, I kind of helped him get readjusted because people may not understand. But when when, when you're in solitary confinement, you know, for four or five years, you kind of like even even. Even being in a penitentiary is kind of like, <laughs> I don't know, un, unusual, I would say. You know, it's not uh, uh, something that you're used to. So you have to get readjusted to 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 even just being inside of a penitentiary, if, if, mm-hmm. if you can understand what I'm saying. Because those guys come back and, and they've really been in this little room uh, 23 hours a day, no contact with other human, con- no, no other human contact. Uh, uh, it's it's something that they have to get used to. Uh, so you know, uh, I, I I when I saw him, I liked him. He he was young then, you know. I guess Bible at that time, Bible might have been about twenty twenty seven, maybe twenty six. You know, young guy. Uh, you still know, he, look, got, he still it still looks really young. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, he takes care of himself. He's running every day. Uh, uh, you know, with the GDs, they have a regiment where they they it's mandatory exercise. You know, uh, matter of fact, they were the only group in the penitentiary that they allowed to exercise together. You know, in, in the pen, you're not allowed to, to group up, but uh, they did let the GDs exercise together at, at, at USP Lompoc. So uh, having Shorty Bible there, you know, was 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 to me an honor, you know, and to sit beside him while he speak and, and assist him in, in, in his speaking was was a highlight of my week, <laughs> to say the least. Man, man, really sorry I missed that. I really wanted to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I know, I know, uh, you guys got to hook up too because you're doing a Larry Hoover story, and and he was a governor. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we definitely you put me on with him. So we're gonna definitely connect very soon and and sit down with him and and also Gangsta Boo. Yeah, yeah. So. That was kind of like the highlight of my week, man. I topped it off yesterday at the tennis court with my babies. You know, got to hit a few balls with them. Uh, whenever, you know, they don't like hitting balls with me. So whenever I get to hit balls with them, you know, it's kind of like a privilege. <laughs> I, I, feel, I don't know, man. They they just don't like, uh, I guess, I don't know. I guess, you know, that, 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 that father figure, you know, they just feel a little like, uh, uh, and I try not to be, you know, uh, uh, author- authoritarian, I guess that's is the word, or being the authority, you know, I try not to, but it, it probably, you know, just comes out, you know, in that, in that, in that fatherness, you know, wanting uh, more, you know, for your kids and what, what you have for yourself. And, and you, you know, it's probably a little overbearing, maybe I'm, I'm not for sure, but uh, it's probably somewhere in, in those, in those lines. I'm going I'm to I'm I'm bring my tennis racket when I come to L.A. 
next time, man. So, uh, you know, or at least we can go hit some balls, man. We want to do, <laughs> do that too, you know? No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, you know, we launched the, um, the new Bill Bellamy podcast, Top Billing with Bill Bellamy, uh, next week. Uh, the first episode will be released and it'll be coming out every week uh, after that. And uh, first episode next week is is a really good conversation between Bill and T.I. Um, shout out to T.I. who came through and, uh, as some folks may know, is recently moved into comedy himself, doing starting to do some stand-up comedy. So him and Bill had a good talk about that among a lot of other things. So, uh, you know, be on the lookout for Top Billing with Bill Bellamy starting next week, Wednesday, um, the episode is released. Definitely want to hear that conversation. You know, I was there, but uh, I was doing so much other stuff. I didn't really get to hear the whole conversation, but uh, I'll definitely be looking for that when it comes out. And, yeah. and Funny Marcos, man, has been trending the internet. You know, every time I, I turn on Instagram, you know, there he is uh, uh, talking to somebody, you know, uh, uh, Asking him the tough questions, you know, that, that he that he's so uh, famous for doing. Yeah, well, he's really building a fan base for Cornbread TV, which is the name of our podcast uh, on Breakbeat uh, with Marco. Uh, you know, this is a really talented guy that I think people are beginning to see him in even a new light through the podcast, you know, beyond, you know, what people are used to seeing him with the the skits and the pranks and everything that he's been doing on Instagram for years now. Um, and the way he handles himself in these, excuse me, in these interviews where, you know, he keeps a straight face throughout. People don't know how, how he does it. They're always asking, you know, how the hell does this guy keep a straight face throughout all the shenanigans? And sometimes that, you think people going to punch him in the face with the questions that he's asking them, you know? It's gotten it's gotten close. Trust me, I've been at all the all the tapings, and uh, there's definitely been uh, some people getting upset with him. Yeah, but he gets under the skin. Looks like yeah, it hasn't hasn't come to that yet. But in the end, usually, you know, everybody laughs and realizes, you know, it was all in fun. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that's doing incredibly well. It's been getting a lot of. Uh, pick up online. People are, are definitely talking about it and, you know, also really helping to to build a breakbeat name out in the marketplace. So I'm, I'm feeling really good, you know, overall about where we're going with breakbeat and uh, all the, you know, all the folks that we've got involved with it uh, so far. Well, breakbeat is definitely picking up steam. Definitely. I can see that. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. And uh, shout out to Don't Call Me White Girl. Don't forget about her and my boy Chris from Trapping Anonymous. Uh, both uh, also really, really good shows uh, under the network um, that if you haven't checked out, you know, please, please go and check them out. I think you'll enjoy those ones as well. Well, we're going to get started with the, with the show. You ready? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about it. Snowfall season one. Episode nine. So this is the next to the last episode of the season. And uh, so there's a number of kind of interesting developments that are playing out here that mostly are, are setting us up for the final episode and all the excitement and action that we can expect next week. Um, but uh, I don't know what you, you thought this this episode was a little bit slow. Yeah, for me, it was. Uh, um 
and, you know, it's just so much other stuff that 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 could be um, could have been brought to the light, you know, about what what went on in South Central L.A. that that's just not here, you know. Um, and and I understand, you know, when when you have people who are not from L.A. Uh, are doing the story, you know, who don't really know the story doing it, you know, they they really I, I can really see how they took stuff out of the newspaper and out of books and, and just kind of like put their, put their little uh, twist on it. But um, mm-hmm. they, they definitely needed somebody that was, uh that was actually in the game at the time that, that, that ran the streets uh, to, to assist them in this, because there's so much other material that's out there that, that hasn't been shown uh, that, that they just missed. Well, as I say all the time, that just leaves the door open for us to to make some moves and do our thing and get it, you know, get it really right. So absolutely, absolutely. And that's what this show is about, too. You know, where where we come in and and we look at the show and and we analyze it and and give people our perspective on it. And yeah, I I think it's interesting, you know, the way the way that's done, you know, even like, you know, like I was telling you about the last series where uh, they was giving away the crack, you know, in L.A., you, you didn't really have to give it away. All you had to do was hold on to it <laughs> because if you kept it, you know, you, you were going to be able to sell it. You know, the demand just went through the roof. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so, yeah, so this episode nine is is called the title that they gave it is Story of a Scar. Um, I'm trying to figure out what that means. Um, but, uh, you know, the show opens with Franklin, uh, heading home. Uh, Leon got shot, is in the hospital. Apparently Franklin's been down at the police station. Uh, they've been questioning him about things and, uh, he's heading home. His mom is worried. Um, he sees... Um, his neighbor next door, uh, Melody's girlfriend, I guess, and her dad having a conversation through the window, uh, you know, surely about everything that just went on uh, and the shooting that took place next door. And uh, so Franklin goes inside. His mom is happy to see him. But of course, you know, she's really upset and uh, wants to know, you know, what's been going on. And um, at first, Franklin doesn't want to really tell her, you know, you know, some beef that Leon had. They must have followed him here. I had nothing to do with me. But apparently, uh, Uncle Jerome had been by the house earlier in the day. And uh, Sissy Franklin's mom was like, no, he didn't say anything. But, you know, I could see it all over his face, you know, that that there's more to it than uh, what you're telling telling me. And, uh, you know. I can't believe you just can lie to me with such a straight face, you know, throughout all of this stuff. And um, which he does. Uh, But he does then admit when she puts him on the spot uh, and says, well, how long have you been selling weed for your uncle? And he like you said, he rolls with that. Uh, He's not telling. Well, that's a lie, too. You know, that's a lie. Yeah, right there. He's lying to her again because you know he's not selling weed; he's selling cocaine. Exactly. And he's not, and he's not doing it for his uncle. He's doing it for himself. So, 
So he's right. lying to her again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting, you know, to see, you know, what, uh, what something like this can do to your personal relationships, whether it's with your mom or your friends, family members, girlfriends. I think that's one of the themes we see brought out in this episode is, um, how the business and someone's kind of affects everybody uh, around you. It really affects yeah. everybody around you. You know, um, we, we, we really see Franklin, uh, almost not being honest and fair with, with really the people that he cared the most about, you know, because I, I'm sure that, that his mom is probably his greatest love, you know, uh, uh me, myself coming from a single, uh, uh, parent home, uh, my mom was my whole world, you know, when, when I was coming up, she, she was it, you know? Uh, so to, 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 to lie to her, you know, is, 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 and not saying that I never lied to my mom cause I have, you know, uh, but when I got grown, I understood the importance of, of not lying to the people that you really care about, you know, because no matter what happens, even if you were dead wrong, um, uh, they're not going to stop loving you. They're not going to stop caring about you. So, uh, uh, giving them that your honest, uh, 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 honesty is, 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 is so very important. And most of the time, you know, they're going to help you with the situation. And I, I stress that, you know, even with, with my two babies now, you know, uh, I, I, I won't get on them if they do something wrong. You know, I will talk to them about it, tell them, you know, you shouldn't have did that. Da, da, da. But if they lie to me, it goes to another level, you know, because I, I try to get them to understand that uh, that I'm your best friend that you're going to ever have. You're not going to ever have anybody that is going to be more loyal to you than I am. You know, maybe maybe your mom, you know, but nobody else in this world is going to be as loyal to you as I am. And uh, you can give me the truth and I'll give you an honest feedback. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, so when, when did, when did your mom first learn about what you were doing? At, at what point did she really get hit? You know, I that? think, I think she had been hearing in the streets, you know, that I was doing something, uh, but she didn't really know, you know, what, what, how my mom really found out is I, I was, uh, uh, no, 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 no. When she found out, she put me out the house and she she still didn't know what I was doing. She just knew that I had a lot of people coming over to the house and Cadillacs and Mercedes Benzes and stuff like this. And uh, she was like, where are you getting all these new friends from? And uh, she didn't know what I was selling. And and uh, she never asked me, you know, she never came up to me like Franklin's mom did and, and uh, uh, asked me, what are you doing? But what she did tell me is whatever you're doing, stop it. And, you know, I couldn't stop. <laughs> I was having too much fun. So the next thing she did was she put me out the house, you know, mm-hmm. so um, which was the best thing that ever happened to me. You know, like she threw me she threw me uh, out the frying pan into the fire. So I moved in one of my cousins who uh, her name was Vita. Uh, she's in the book as well. Uh, she didn't like she didn't like her. Uh, her character in the book, <laughs> but she was already using drugs and, and to, it, not to my knowledge though. I didn't know she was using drugs. You know, I, 
because at this time, during this time of of, of the of the epidemic, uh, nobody knew that they were drug addicts. You know that you could be a crack fiend. So uh, when when I moved into her house. I started to see more than I had ever saw before, you know, like now I'm in her space and uh, I found out later on that she was using and uh, I got a lot of my clientele from her, from, from being yeah. there with her. You, do you think that's one of the reasons she let you move in with her? Did she know what you were up to? Yeah, she knew. She knew. You know, you know, we were the same age. She was, she was about eight months older than I was. So, you know, we had that kind of relationship. We don't hide anything from each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, not like, you know, you do with your mom. You know, your mom, you're a high stuff, but, you know, you got a cousin or somebody who, who, who uh, you know, are down. They down with it. Uh, you don't have no reason to hide it from her. So she knew exactly what I was doing. And I told her, you know, I told her what I was doing. And, and, and uh, I, matter of fact, I'd asked her for help before. So she absolutely knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, let's move on to some other things in the episode. Well, I guess one thing that happens also right in the beginning is, uh, so the neighbor, the cop neighbor shows up while Franklin's talking to his mom and, uh, Andre, and he wants to talk to Franklin and he basically trying to get info and he lets him know, Hey, I saw these two guys you know, kind of scoping out your, your house the other day. Um, and, you know, obviously we remember that scene where he ran up on the, on the two of them outside the house and they, they pulled out, pulled off. Um, but he's like, yeah, I saw their faces. Just, you know, all I need is a name and I'll, I'll take it from there. And so he's trying to tempt Franklin into giving him some information. And of course, Franklin refuses uh, to do, to share anything. Um, you know, almost seemed like he was tempted to say something, but um, he didn't. And, you know, I think he's just trying to, you know, stick to the code and, and, and knows this is kind of stuff that comes with the territory that he's get, gotten himself into. Yeah. You know, sometimes Franklin uh, shows signs of, of, of the street code and then sometimes he's totally lost, you know, like he don't know what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, and, and I guess that's that's part of uh, finding your way, you know. Um, but yeah, he he, he did uh, hesitate when 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 he told him uh, about uh, putting the names with with the pieces, and you know, then quite naturally Franklin walked away and, and went on to his room to to do what he what he wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the next thing. Um, that takes place is um, uh, Teddy. We, you know, the story shifts to Teddy and um, Alejandro has gotten back in the country. I guess he had flown down to Nicaragua. If you remember, you know, the, the camp got hit, his wife got hurt. He flies down there. So he's back and he's got a, a small handful of kilos with him. He said, you know, this is all that they could recover. Uh, his wife is okay. Apparently she got burned. Um, but he says he has another way to get, uh, the product now since their whole operation got, got, uh, you know, burned down or ruined or whatever they did, uh, to the camp there. He says, you know, we can buy from the Colombians. I got to connect 
And um, Teddy is, you know, a little concerned. He, you know, are you talking about Escobar or Escobar's people? Because, you know, they control the majority of the, the cocaine market. And uh, he says, no, we're going to deal with, you know, the other small players who are in that business. And he mentions the Cali cartel is who uh, they're going to be buying from. So, uh, you know, that really has Teddy concerned. Um, yeah. And that, that brings up something to mind with me, uh, how at one time, you know, we, we kind of had the market kind of sold up around here, you know, with the Nicaraguans, but eventually uh, the, the, the Colombian cartels must have heard about, you know, the market and, and they started to move in, you know, all of them from the Cali cartel, the Medellin cartel, uh, all started to uh, come directly to L.A. And that kind of uh, broke our monopoly up that we had at one time. You know, one time, uh, you know, like I said before, when I first started buying kilos, they was 40, 48,000 a kilo. And and even ounces, you know, when I first started buying ounces, you know, I paid as much as 3,200 for an ounce. So the cocaine was really, really high. Uh, but when all of these different fractions came in and they started basically a price war, you know, o- over the cocaine and, and we start, we study saw the price constantly going down, 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 down. Now me being naive, uh, I thought that it was better to make, uh, the cocaine affordable for everybody. You know, I thought it was much too expensive for the majority of the people. And, and I played right into that, that, that little scenario of, of the price going down. Uh, uh, because I wanted it to be affordable for people who didn't have, you know, a thousand dollars a week, who wasn't making a thousand dollars a week. You know, I, I knew that the everyday person wanted to get high as well. And I thought that it should be affordable, uh, for them as well. Same way I'm looking at weed right now. You know, uh, one of my goals in the weed industry is to make it more affordable. You know, I, I think that for people to be paying $80 for, uh, eighth of, eighth of marijuana, is is steep, you know. When when marijuana grow just like uh, uh, greens, marijuana has to be the most expensive plant on the on the planet right now. Right. So, and, then, and then they hit. Then they hit you with all the taxes and stuff. You know, <laughs> crazy twenty thirty percent taxes and things. So yeah, definitely overpriced. So you know that um, conversation just brought that back to mind. Uh, when, you know, when the Nicaraguans was the only game in town and then all of a sudden, you know, you got the Medellin cartel, the Cali cartel, you know, uh, it just got oversaturated. So, of course, the the third storyline that's been, you know, the focus of, of this first season is uh, uh, Oso, or Gustavo Oso and Lucia and Pedro and the dad. And remember last week, uh, we were waiting to find out what was going to happen because Pedro went and snitched to his his dad, um, let him know that what they've been doing. And uh, so Lucia, we see her coming to a hotel where Gustavo's kind of like hiding out because she told him, you know, she, she didn't want him around. So we find out the dad does know um, everything pretty much that happened, um, does know that uh, also is the one that killed his guys. And, um, you know, basically she's telling him my dad's or Pedro's dad, my uncle, uh, is taking over 
He's going to let us continue, but he wants to run the show. And, um, you know, she brought, she brings also a bag of money and says, here, take the money, you know, and walk away. And, uh, he's not going for it. He's, he's, you know, he's upset. He's, you know, you're going to basically saying, you, you know, I thought we had something here, me and you both personally and business wise. And now you're just going to go back and kind of be a, a pawn for your uncle and, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not running, I'm not going nowhere. So, uh, maybe we don't have to run, but it's, it's going to be up to you is what he, he tells, uh, Lucia. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he had fell in love with Lucia. You know, he, he, he really had his emotions attached to her. Um, and, and he was willing to stake his life for what, you know, for what he believed in. Well, you know, also to me anyway, uh, so far has showed the most loyalty out of anybody, you know, in, 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 uh, in the scenes. Yeah. And and we see that even further in this scene when he is, well, when Lucia tells him, you know, my uncle doesn't want to do business with Stomper and the, you know, the Mexican gang, Los Monarchas, they're called in the show. Uh, he doesn't want to deal with them. So, of course, also it's like, well, you know, I'm the one that put that together you know, I, I, my man Hernan hooked us all up and, you know, you know, I'm not just gonna, you know, just not say nothing to them or be on the run from, from them. Um, and, uh, so eventually as the, as the episode goes on, we see, uh, also goes, you know, to meet them in person and tells them, Hey guys, I know we only did one, one deal so far, but it's over. Um, I got cut out as well. And I just want to be here, you know, because I'm trying to be honest and do the right thing and uh, lets them know that the uncle and the family, the villain wave of family, I guess, is known from being in the weed business mainly is now moving into the cocaine business and is going to be competing with with this guy. So he doesn't take it too well, but he basically is impressed again with also and kind of recruits him in. And uh, that's what we're going to wait and see next week, what what that entails, because it looks like also is is going to side with Stomper and his gang and make some kind of a move on on their own against um, the uncle and the family. And we'll see where Lucia. Well, you know, also is the kind of guy, too, that you got to fall in love with a guy like also he does. He does all the dirty work, the heavy lifting, you know, and and then to be uh, trustworthy and, and, and honest. You know, that's a rare quality. So I, I had no doubt why why Stomper and them took him in. You know, anybody would just about take a guy like that in. You know, once they once they know he's not an informant, that he's not there to set him up, you know, that he's he's truly uh uh who he say he is, I mean, you know, you gotta fall in love with a guy like that. Yeah, yeah. Um uh, a couple other scenes I think are worth Talking about uh, Franklin's mom uh, shows up at at uh, Uncle Jerome's house. Uh, she says she's looking for him. He's not there. Franklin's not there. It's just Auntie Louie. And, uh, you know, she starts questioning Auntie Louie about everything that's going on. And that leads to a pretty big argument between the two of them calling each other out. Um, you know, Franklin, I mean, basically, Louie says, look, don't blame your brother. 
Jerome didn't push him into this. Franklin's the one that's been making the push uh, and coming to us. And so Sissy concludes, I guess, from that, well, then maybe I need to be blaming you. Sounds like you're the one that got my brother to go along with whatever's happening. And uh, so Louie doesn't take too kindly to being blamed. She says, look, you know, you need to be blaming yourself. Um, you know, look at what Franklin sees. He sees you, you know, working this terrible job, having to kiss up to this white man and, um, you know, struggling. And, you know, you need to be taking some responsibility yourself and put putting her down in that way. So um, Sissy comes back and says, Very good you know, points, you're... too. And and I, I definitely take those points in consideration because, um, you know, when I got started, those are some of the things I looked at. I didn't want to be, um, you know, slaving for nobody. You know, somebody else's flunky or or or, or maid or or butler. You know, I wanted to be my own person. So, what Auntie Louie said on that was some powerful stuff in in my personal opinion. Yeah, and she didn't and she didn't bust Franklin out either. You know, because she could have very right. easily said, "Shit, Franklin's selling cocaine. He brought the cocaine over here to us." You know, but, right. but she she never did that. So, uh, shout out to Auntie Louie. You know, for not uh not busting uh, Franklin all the way out. Yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, you know, they call each other some names. Um, Sissy says, oh, you know, basically calls her a gutter, a gutter chick. And um, Louie calls her step and fetch it, you know, for, uh, you know, cowering <laughs> down uh, to the white man. Um, so that's a pretty nasty argument. Um that's developed there and uh, we're going to have to see what that means for, for Franklin. It's putting him in a, in a tough spot. We'll put all of them in a tough spot, you know, uncle too. Yeah. Cause everybody yeah. had to choose sides. Yep. Yep. And shortly thereafter we see uncle Jerome coming home and he's excited, man. He got a bag of money. He dumps the money out on the table and he's like, man, I can't believe this. People are coming back. I, I upped it to, to dimes and they're still coming back and buying more and more. And man, this is going to be huge. And, you know, they're they're excited about what they're seeing, the prospects of this this new line of business that Franklin brought in in for them. Introduce them to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the other one, um, the other thing that I thought was interesting was um, Leon gets home from the hospital. So he's doing OK, thankfully. Um, it's, I think they said he took a couple bullets, but he's, uh, you know, he's going to live and he's home recovering. And um, of course, he wants to know from Franklin, like, what's the plan here? What are, what are we doing um, about this situation? And uh what he says, though, he says, look, this isn't about payback. This is about rep. And, you know, we got to show people right now that we mean business or we're going to have problems like this, you know, going forward forever. And, and you got to really step up and uh, and do something that's going to let people know, you know, we aren't the ones to be played with that type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I heard that, too. in in, in what he was saying and. He also told Franklin, could he uh, could he handle it by himself? You know, could he could he go out and, and, and kill these guys with, without him being there? Because 
I guess Franklin has never killed anybody. That's right. And Leon apparently has. Yes. So, uh, you know, that was, that was interesting for him to, you know, take that stance. And um, we see Franklin develops his plan. Um, and it may not be what, what Leon had in mind. Um, Franklin decides to go see his friend at the nightclub. Um, what's her name? Claudia. And uh, he wants Claudia to set up a meeting with Ray Ray because he found out from Leon that it wasn't the two of them, um, Ray Ray and his partner. It was just, um, uh, what's the other one who actually shot Leon? Um, I can't yeah. remember his name. Yeah, I know you talk. We know who you're talking about, though. The driver yeah. of the car. Yeah. He was driving the car and... Um, Right. So I guess Franklin took note that Ray Ray wasn't there and sees some kind of an opening where he wants to set up this meeting, which everybody is kind of like, well, you know, what are you doing? Why are you going to sit down with these people that are trying to kill you? Just just try to kill Leon and we're outside your crib. And um, all we see at the end is uh, the meeting does take place at a diner. And. um Franklin says, hey, you know, I'm not here for a truce. I'm here to talk business. And, uh, you know, ain't that what it's all about? The money. So, Franklin, we see, you know, what what you know, what's becomes a trademark for him is, you know, he always is trying to, you know, incentivize people with the money and the business rather than, you know, getting into further conflicts and violence. So, um, you know, that was that was pretty interesting, which is which is the dope dealer's way. You know, most 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 uh, guys who, who deal with drugs, uh, they don't want the violence. The violence is usually a last resort, uh, you know, because once you once you resort to violence, you bring another level of uh, a detective into the business. So most drug dealers try not to have violence in their game. Yeah. Now, did did, did you have any situations like that where you kind of decided to make a deal with somebody that was, you know, maybe a competition um, rather than trying to just push them out of the way, that type of thing. Yeah. 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 We have plenty of situations like that where, where, where conflict uh, pops up and uh, you have to make a decision on how you're going to deal with it. You know, uh, the biggest one that I would have most of the time would be where I give somebody some drugs on credit and uh, they don't pay. Hmm. You, know, you know that came up often, so then um, hmm. you have to you have to uh, make some tough decisions. Sometimes you know, guy owe you three or four hundred thousand dollars. You know the homies they you know first thing they thinking about because most of these guys you you got to remember are really gang bangers. You know, grew up in gang with a gang mentality, and the first thing they want to do is retaliate with violence. So you know you have to be the one with the level head and know uh, what's the right move to make. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, this this episode, uh, like I said, it kind of sets us up for the, the finale next week. So, you know, definitely looking forward to seeing how the season ends up and, and what happens with some of these things. Um, 
Teddy and uh, Alejandro, you know, are now in business with the Colombians. Uh, Alejandro had, you know, Teddy, we saw spying on the meeting. Yeah, taking also, pictures. I wonder how they would feel if they would have knew he was taking pictures of them. <laughs> right. Right. He didn't he didn't look that discreet either. It was kind of like he was right there. They could have noticed him pretty easily, uh, uh, it seemed. But, yeah. uh, you know, he's up to his CIA, you know, uh, superpower investigative stuff. Um, and uh, there's a conflict where, you know, I guess Alejandro gets slapped or punched in the face. He sees that on the boat. And he gets really nervous. Teddy does, but uh, they seem to to squash it quickly. And the next thing you know, they're they're uh, you know they're toasting, I guess, to their new business venture together. We and he tells, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. We know Alejandro told him he was doing him a favor by not taking him to the meeting because he might have got slapped too. <laughs> that, that's what he meant. I think. I think that's what he meant. He knew he, he knew that was coming. So. Uh, but uh, when he gets back, he tells Teddy that they're going to front him 50 kilos. Um, all they got to do is go down to Mexico to pick him up. Uh, it'll be cheaper than having them bring it all the way in to the States. And uh, so they are, you know, they're, they're back up and running, it seems, uh, with a new supplier and, uh, and a new buyer because uh, uh, Lucia's, Uncle um, and Pedro show up. Uh, Ramiro this is the uncle, the head of the Villain Waivers. They show up uh, to see Alejandro and and Teddy and let them know uh, we got the money now and we're going to up our buy. We need twenty five right now. We'll be back and we'll be doubling that order soon. Um, Teddy's a little upset that there's new people involved. But uh, when he hears those numbers, I think he feels a little a little better. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of how we we see things, you know, wrapping up here where they're back in business. But we're going to see how how this all plays out. Yeah, I'm interested. I want to see what what uh, what Franklin negotiates with with uh, with this guy. That's that's one of the things that I'm waiting on next week to see the negotiation, what what takes place there. Yeah. And then, and then what also is going to do with Stomper and where Lucia is going to fit into all that. That's going to be another tough one where, again, your personal relationships, family relationships are being tested. You know, he's asking her to go against her family, um, which, you know, they're not the greatest people. They don't treat her the best. Her dad dies in this episode as well. Lucia's dad um, Ramiro's brother that been running things, uh, he passes away at the end as well. So she's kind of, you know, in a sense on her own and, um, we'll see what happens. No doubt. No doubt. Y'all come and watch it with us next week <laughs> after the snow. Definitely. After the snow. Thank you guys. We back again next week. Same time, same places. You can uh, find us on Anywhere you uh, listen to podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, anywhere uh, you listen to your podcasts. And also you can find us on the Breakbeat Media YouTube channel uh, if you want to watch the show visual. And um, yeah, love you guys. Appreciate you all. And Rick, love you, my brother, man. Thank you. See you soon, man. Definitely. Definitely see you soon. Peace, y'all. Peace. Peace.